This episode of Point of View Uncensored is sponsored by Juicy Details, here located on the southeast side of Atlanta. Welcome to Point of View Uncensored. I'm Dr. Renaissance. I'm Dr. J. This is your favorite brother, DJ. So today we have two guests with us today, a friend of mine, Mr. Dwight, and we have Ms. K. Simone, media hey, personality. Hey. So the first thing that I want to talk about is one of my classmates, um, she submitted a video on YouTube I thought was very, very touching. You know, I've known her since school, and um, I'll you know show a couple clips right here so you give you guys an idea, but pretty much um, she was dealing with domestic abuse with uh, another classmate of mine at the school, um, at the institution I attended to at that time uh, while I was in college. And I just want to get everyone's take on, you know, domestic abuse or even that particular situation or what could have happened for her to get in that situation um, of domestic violence. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Krista McGowan, and I am really proud of myself for making this video on today. I went out with one of my friends and ended up seeing some people that I went to school with. My ex actually was there supporting his birthday as well. So anyway, I had met this individual, reconnected with him rather, and it started off going really, really great. So um, get in the car and we're now driving downtown and he is going off, okay? When I tell you he is on 10, he is on 10. Next thing I know, he stops the car, he punches me in my left eye, and I, I was low-key in shock because this was the first time he hit me. So boom, he punches me the first time. Boom, he punches me the second time. The second time, I felt like I could feel my eye swelling. So the, my automatic reaction is to start apologizing. I, I'm just trying to get him to stop and to calm down because he was so angry. That's such a deep topic. Like we start deep. I don't, I don't think I don't think it's something that somebody gets into. I think you kind of it happens to you, but I don't think somebody is actually looking to get into that. So I don't think get into is like the the right choice of words. I don't think anybody would choose, choose to, to be to there. In there right? But I will say if it's a reoccurring thing, you do at this moment, I feel like everybody's so against therapy, but I am an advocate for it. I feel like after you continue to get into the same thing, you may need professional help to figure out what it is that's attracting you to this side. But what I, okay, so what I gathered, did she go back into another domestic situation after that one? Because she went back into the same domestic situation. Yeah. Yeah, okay, because that's what I'm saying. So if you constantly go back, that's one thing. But if you go back to, you you leave this situation to get into another situation and then it's another domestic violence situation then yeah like if your recite your cycle is going to a, multiple people i have a question about that so she went back and she actually said in the video that it took therapy for her to get out now i will say that my issue not really issue but i would have wanted her to give a little bit more insight when she went back and i actually wanted to know i don't know if it was me being nosy I wanted to know what happened at the party to make him snap. Because if you watch the video, you hear yeah. her say, we were at a party, he was talking to his family, started looking at me funny. When we got in the car, it escalated. He stopped, got hit in my eye, everything else. But uh, one common thing that she said that I find with a lot of people who are in a domestic violence situation, they blame themselves. They're like, right. what did I do? Because I never known him to be angry. And then now that he is like, what could, how could I have solved that? I just want to say from y'all, 
Well, from me to y'all, everybody doesn't get a second chance. So for real, for real, the first time, if it happens the first time, leave. Because so many people next step is the grave and they don't even understand how serious that is. But I do, I like when you're honest about a domestic violence situation, be completely honest so you can completely change somebody. But yeah, like therapy is important. I get what y'all are saying. Like if you're not going back into the net situations, but so many times people end up with the same, same person. Yeah. Or they end up with different, the same person in different bodies. And mm-hmm. the tricky part about domestic violence is there isn't a set look to it. So you really can't tell from the outside because it could be the corporate gentleman or it could be the person that you visibly see as a stereotypical like thug or aggressive person or whatever. And maybe it's the person not truly getting to know this person's background or knowing yourself and the triggers that lead you to those same types of individuals. Going off what what DJ said regarding um, a person's background, I think like from a psychological point of view, people repeat patterns that they've learned maybe in childhood or they've learned from previous relationships. And so that's why I think in domestic abuse cases, um, women in particular, um, you know, go back, you know, to the abuser because um, just like Dwight got done saying, they blame themselves. They see, you know, they did something wrong. They have shame about it. And so that is kind of a spiral that they keep going back to, to the abuser to try and get it resolved when it's like beating your head against the wall. Well, I'll say this, too. You also have to know how to recognize the signs. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people miss those red flags. And one thing that she said in the video was that it was times before it led up to being physically a punch. She got pushed on the bed. He would, you know, throw around here and there. That's never okay. I don't care, you know, what if y'all play. That's just never okay. It's never okay. Y'all could have a a situation. That was your sign right there. You know what I mean? And sometimes as women or sometimes just as people, as human beings, we decide to overlook those red flags. Mm -hmm. We'll say, oh, well, he said he'll never hit me. But technically, he just did. You know what I'm saying? Technically, he did just did put his hands on you in some type of way. And let's even say this, before it got to the point where you're being jerked around and pushed around, trust and believe, it was physical. I mean, excuse me, it was verbal. It was verbal there. There were some verbal signs that were there. If he got to the point where he can actually start putting his hands on you, there was some way he was talking to you in a manner that was unjust. Let me ask y'all this, though. Just y'all at the table, do you feel like, I feel like sometimes we can be natural healers and we want to fix people and we want to love people through. Maybe it comes from the culture and where we come from, but we want to like love people through. Just give them a love, pray for them. Like, what is that? Do you, are y'all the type of people where you're past it? So you're the type of person, as soon as you see a flag, it's like, done, done. I gotta go. See, I'm trying to get there. Like, I'm I'm gonna tell you why. I'm trying to get there. It'd be taking like two or three, four or five flags, man. But no, I'm gonna gonna tell you why, right? Because first and foremost, For me, if I'm doing a lot of self-healing, right, if I'm going through my own works and understanding what my triggers and my traumas are, and I'm understanding how I can go from zero to 100, and I know what that is, and I know what you can do to trigger that for me, it's damn right disrespectful for me to allow somebody to come in my world and just excuse and accept your behavior when I'm over here learning my behavior to know how to not push your buttons and how to know how to walk away from situations so I don't escalate. You know what I'm saying? So I I really do think it's disrespectful. 
at the end of the day. So no, I'm not overlooking your red flags. Maybe you need to go sit down and do the self-healing and the self-work and get yourself together. And then we can reconvene once you get understand why you are the way that you are. That is so but dope. you will not come over here and interrupt this piece that I have provided for myself because you are unaware of who you are, your triggers, your traumas. You don't know how to deal with you. That's not fair to me. With the psychology background, do you find yourself trying to fix people in relationships or how does that work? Because it seems like you would be trying to read every situation. Um, I mean, I think, you know, this idea of trying to fix someone, it gets us talking about codependency of trying to, you're really trying to heal yourself vicariously through someone else. And so that's that spiral. Like you, just like Kay Simone got done saying, you have to do your own work, your own inner work in order to have good boundaries or to have a good sense of self so that you don't fall into that trap because you're going to keep that i mean this is something you know that psychologists psychology teaches us is that we keep repeating these same patterns over and over and over again unless we do our own inner work um so i think that's such an important point and then something else i wanted to mention too is that yes of course physical um domestic violence is is absolutely awful but we also have to um, recognize the impact that psychological or emotional violence yeah. and, and damage has on people. And that can almost be um, worse in some ways. You know, you don't have the visible bruises, you don't have the scars or, you know, the cuts or whatever, but it damages your, your sense of self. It damages, you know, how you feel about yourself, right. you know, your self-love, your, your, all of that. And so I think that there's, you know, different uh, dimensions to this, you know, that I think we need to keep in mind. And I think the part that she said too was um, the, the souls are tying together. I don't know if y'all remember that part. Mm-hmm. She said it was a soul tying experience. So it's like, you know, it kind of sounded like it was a spiritual connection she had with him to where mm-hmm. she couldn't get out of See, it. Once we, once we, so once you physically touch me, that soul and everything else is broken. Like, <laughs> like me trying to hear you, it, it doesn't, I don't come from a physical household. And I don't come from a household like where my parents cursed at me to get me through. Like, so, like, the different people, some people come from that. So I have to tell them straight up, like, look, that's not how I talk. And if you want to get to me, you need to learn the language that I speak because I won't curse at you. So don't curse at me. But I do want to make another point. Um, Although women come out a lot about domestic violence, it's still a lot of men who experience it as well because it seems as though when it happens to a man, um, the universe are... The communities feel as though because it's a man, it's a woman. Like, she's smaller. Some of these women got a mighty blow, and they hit quick. And every man doesn't have the temperament to hold himself back when somebody punches him in the face or smacks him in the face. So I think we have to be careful when we say it only happens to women. I think more women come out with it. But a lot of times, men go through it as well. And neither one is okay. Neither one is okay. I I think that a lot of people get two things confused. A lot of people do like to find a mate where they can uh, mold them for their liking. And I think they confuse that with a home repair project where people love a fixer-upper. Oh, I can change this person. I can make this person that way. Versus I'm teaching you how to properly love and understand. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I think, you know, going along with the, the gender discussion, too, I think that, yes, of course, domestic violence happens to, to men. And I think it's also not talked about enough um, in the LGBTQ community, uh, especially, you know, among gay men. And, and the fact is, is that 
this happens and, and it's not it's not talked about people aren't getting the help that they need um because there's so much shame around it you know especially think think of your you know as, as a guy if i were to be the victim of domestic violence like there's a whole another layer of shame for for on that you know because i'm a guy you know so i think um in some ways it's easier for women to talk about it um and not and it's not so easy for guys in certain situations it's just a it's a really tough subject it's, yeah, it's, it's so tough. tough and it's so like there's so many layers to it like so many because you still have people you still have people like i have a friend who posted a video of the after effects mm-hmm. of a domestic violence situation. Mm-hmm. So after they posted, everybody's in the comments like, I'm glad you got out, this, this, this. Like, if you need anything, this, this, this. Two days later, he walks into the bar with the guy. And I'm like, what? Like, I can't understand. With the same guy that you mm-hmm. just put all online. And that lets you know, like, literally, psychologically, it's deeper than just, it's you needing or you craving something. It's codependency. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. codependency. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's the biggest that's the, the root of all issues right there. Codependency, right? You should always, and this is why when I have these type of discussions, the main thing that I talk about and preach about is focus on your singleness. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you are in a relationship, until that person puts a ring on your finger, you're single. You are single. And when I say you are single, I'm not saying go out here and mess with this dude or mess with that woman or whatever while you have this covenant. No, what I'm saying is you go focus on yourself, figure out, continue to discover who you are, just continue to discover your hobbies, continue to live your life. You know what I mean? So if somebody happens to the person that you're building with, happens, something just happens to fall off or whatever, you could be upset. You'll have your moments you'll go through, but you know how to get right back to self and be centered with self and not be so strung up or caught up on the person that you made room for in your world. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's very important. And even, you know, when you get married, still focus on, you know, the things that you, you know, things that you were doing before you were married. If you had girls day, you know what I mean? And you can still alter that in, still have that. Same thing with your, you know, relationships. If y'all still, if you and your girl still was going on trips and doing this, or the guys made sure that they went out of the country every, you know what I mean, every three months. Still do it. Still do that. Don't stop doing the things that you're doing because you're trying to fit somebody else into your world. If somebody is in your world, they are going to love you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And you guys are going to compromise and adjust in the beginning and show exactly who you are because there's so many people who put on front and then when they get tired of putting on front six months later they want to introduce this introduce this new person and it's like where you been this whole time like i didn't fall for you so now i'm looking at you like who are you mm-hmm. when i first met you you was cooking cleaning doing all this coming to find out now you complain about because you only did it no introduce who you really are so somebody can really truly fall for you if they want to yeah so yeah i'm with that I think too, just uh, in culturally or in our society, that there's so much emphasis placed on kind of um, a one-on-one monogamous partnership or relationships, especially for women. You know, like you know the whole fantasy of getting married. You know, young girls think about this. You know, what's my wedding day going to be like? You know, this whole kind of fantasy. And I think that 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 does unfair justice to alternative arrangements, alternative relationships. You know, that aren't this. Um, one-on-one type of monogamous relationship, you know. Yeah, probably, you know, just, uh, I'm just thinking outside the box, you know. People can care for each other in groups. It doesn't have to be this this pair, you know, this diamond, two people. 
It's a tough situation. Yeah. Like, it's very sticky. It's a, yeah, it's layers on layers on layers. R. Kelly has just been charged 30 years um, to go to prison for racketeering and sex trafficking. Um, I know a lot of people have different opinions about it because you know people say, oh, he's a great artist. I still love his music, but some people say, oh, because he did that, I'm not no longer listening to his music anymore. So, what do y'all think about that? I mean, would you still listen to his music, or do you respect him enough, or would you say that, oh, because he did this wrong, I'm just not going to listen to his music and endorse his, his music anymore? So here's my disclaimer, okay? I'm not dismissing any accusations, any anything. I'm not dismissing anybody's experience with R. Kelly. I'm not doing that. However, for me, I can't speak for nobody else, but for me, I can separate the man and the music, for sure. He made great music. I can separate the man and some of his songs, but other songs I found that they, first of all, R. Kelly is so great of a musician and a writer that he's written some songs and some soundtracks that you don't even know it was him. So when people say, I'm not listening to him no more, it's like, well, you just actually played something he co-wrote. So it's hard to do that. It's certain sexual songs that will come on and I'm like, okay, I can't do this when it's too much. I don't know who you're talking about. But it's other, like a little step in the name of love, stuff like that. I believe I can fly, stuff like that. I mean, you can when the Houston Million Dollar? When uh, Mr. Biggs come on. Continue. You know, they began to play like a little version without R. Kelly, like where they had edited him out, but I mean, you know, That's ridiculous. it is, but R. Kelly, he's still, you can't, he did what he did, but he was great in this area. And I think it may be ignorant to say, but there's so many people who do so many things behind closed doors exactly. that you exactly. never know about. And it's so much that is happening where it's a smack in people's faces, especially if you work in media or in the entertainment industry, there's sometimes you go into a room with somebody who's still on top right now, but while you're in the meeting about them, you never understand. Well, people don't know up under the desk, their hand is here. And it's literally assaulting you. And because you don't say anything and you leave out and say, I'll never go back in that room, they're still number one today, but it's like people still listening. So it's so many people out here who do things behind closed doors. It's hard to. You have, you have a lot of people like the accusations that's circulating about Trey Songs and people are now speaking out on Trey Songs. Are we going to cancel Trey Songs? I don't see nobody cancel him yet. I'm speaking ignorantly because I did not read the whole article. Oh no, it's okay. But there's a girl who <laughs> posted something on social media in reference to not being able to get into his session, section at a club. I'm like, if you know these accusations and everything else, why do we, and I'm not just putting it on women, why do we decide to go places where we already know the accusations that are made on people? Like, I don't, like, I'm so, like, girl, so why that, are you so, fighting? Because so people that, let you up there. So you shouldn't that, be trying to get up there. That same thought right there is the way that I think in an R. Kelly situation, too. Like I said, I'm not saying that anybody is lying. I'm not, I don't, I wasn't there to say that. I'm not dismissing anybody's accusations, claim what happened, allegedly happened. That's neither here nor there. But what I'm saying is if we all, if that whole situation, that stigma that R. Kelly was married to Aaliyah and then fast forward, you know what I'm saying? Like fast forward, mm -hmm. we're in a situation where now you have somebody's mom at a concert and saying, and you know, you having whatever conversation with R. Kelly and you're going to bring your child to, to him. him. What, what sense does that make? So when it comes to that case, I'm really disgusted by everybody. Yeah. Not just R. Kelly and the acts. I'm disgusted by the parents. I'm disgusted about by the people who allegedly signed certain documentation to let them go. I, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for everybody's parent, but I know my parent. 
is not going to have me in Miami at 17 when I'm supposed to be in school in Newport, my parents, Virginia. Is, I don't think that There's happen. no way that my parent would not have gotten me out of the house that she wanted me out of. Exactly. There's no way. She's not waiting outside. She's not knocking on no doors. Like, there's absolutely... Now, my mom is a little crazy, but <laughs> there is no way, like, that she's not able to get to me. But I do want to bring up something else. I don't know if they got it, but my man right here just said that if R. Kelly was to do a versus... He said that can't nobody out sing R. Kelly. And I just want y'all to see his face because I just want y'all to know who <laughs> said, it was know. R. Kelly's catalog coupled with his singing ability. No. Against <laughs> another group of people is unmatched. Right, you, can, you, can, you can argue Neo could do it. I could. Uh, nobody said Neo could do it. But <laughs> no, the, nobody, you said Neo. When you said singing in the catalog across the board, because some of these people, they're so desperate to fill the hit slot that they're bringing in songs that they write. Just because sing. you make My a hit does not singer, mean you can present sing. day out of uh, any generation. Out of any generation. That's a tough one. Why? Let's just say this. Uh, okay. Let's say, let's say, I will cut on some Luther. And you, like, you will cut on Luther Vandross, and then you, you'll say you R. Kelly will out. He's not versus rest Whoa. in peace. So if Luther is your if ideal you voice, who's brilliant, Bingo. who's brilliant, Luther Vandross is like Luther, Teddy Pendergrass, um, Brian McKnight. Like we're talking top singers. I don't even think they go against each other. But you'll put, you'll put R. Kelly against a Luther voice? No, because Luther's what? not here. Because Luther sings. Like, he's not here. <laughs> I mean, R. Kelly ain't technically here. But I mean, he's not here either. But but I mean, <laughs> so we can both play their music side by side and see. Okay, I'm with it. Okay, Luther, I give him all his respect back because of Luther. Luther. R. Kelly, I'm laughing. You said, no. <laughs> President Day, most R&B singers don't even have 10 hits. Uh-uh. Present day, most R&B singers aren't out to the mainstream because the mainstream aren't necessarily playing them because it seems to be a hip-hop and pop world. But if you go to, if you mess with like R&B and soul and stuff yeah. like that, you can listen. Like I was saying earlier, Luke James has a great EP he just released. Trevor Jackson Avery Wilson. Trevor Jackson actually can't really sing. Um, Luke James, Avery Wilson has an EP that he wrote and produced on just him and the piano. It's dope. Yeah. Like, you listen to it, like, oh, where this man? You cannot serenade me screaming at me. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say no names, but, <laughs> <laughs> but there are people who yell, and I'm just, and you have no runs. Like, you could just tell that these young kids, they are not finding these new R&B male artists. Let me make sure we say the male artists, they're definitely not finding them at the altar. They're not doing no development. They're not, no, they're not finding them at the altar at all. They have no vibrato. You know, they don't have no shaking their voice. They don't know what a run is. So they're screaming, trying to hit the run. You know, I just- I'm with you. I'm disappointed. Yeah, so I think just going, going back to R. Kelly um, real quick, I think I think the, the, the important point, the real point is that you guys are, are, are right that he's not here. Like he could never participate in the verses because he's locked up. <laughs> I mean, let's be, you know. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, right? And I think that, um, I think that, you know, he, um, it's, not a, it's not alleged um, acts that he committed, like he's sentenced, he's convicted, you know, so he's a convicted sex offender, he's a, you know, the sex list, trafficker. So, exactly, and I think that the crimes that he did are, are horrible and awful, and he should be condemned. 
And that's different than cancel culture. You know, it's not just that, you know, oh, we're just going to boycott his music. He should be stripped of his celebrity status. See, because you guys, because you guys go back earlier and talking about why do parents bring their kids to see him out of shell? It's because he's a celebrity. It's because he has power. That's not that's so much cultural power that that somebody that has done those acts and has been convicted in a court of law that does not deserve to have them. Let me put this. Let me put this claim right. Now he was he was molested as a child. So. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm you don't think that's a factor in there? No, because it's not excusable. Yeah, it it's not excusable. Get action. help. It doesn't excuse the actions. Okay. You know what I mean? If that happens to you, this is why we speak about therapy. This is why we speak about getting, you know, getting yourself in the right mind. And clearly, if you look at that action, see what happens when you don't seek some type of help. You get what I'm saying? So no, that's unex- that's inexcusable. I, so we're I, not I gonna we're not going to let that off. I don't at all. That's inexcusable. I do appreciate where it came out, and they said no matter what he does, have to get counseling because my a major issue with the system now today is you give them prison time, which seems like a little timeout, and that cures nothing. If you don't get somebody some mental help or if you don't treat an illness, it's going to continue See, to spread. Exactly. And I feel like now in the system, like when you get arrested, they're assholes in the jail system. They're not nice. They make you angrier. And then once you get out, you do the same exact thing. No, put some people in some things to really see why they are the way they are. Now, he got 30 years. He ain't going nowhere. But I'm sorry. No, but to say what you said, when you come down to like condemning people for things that they do, I do agree with that. But I agree if you do one, do all. That's, and and that's we live exactly in a world where they don't yeah. do that because since the beginning of time, you had people raping black women and black men, and not only were they raping them, um, I think it's called bucking, but you had them who would do it in front of a community to take away their manhood. So if we're going to come after people, let's come after all Everybody people involved. and make it a fair system 100% when it comes to the killings, when it comes to the rapings, when it comes to the beating, let's not let money and status change things because I'm actually tired of, I'm glad they're getting people, but I'm tired of black people being the poster people for everything. No, give us a new poster because it's full circle and everybody's doing certain things. We didn't get this for Harvey Weinstein and that's that's just what it is. We didn't get the poster board Mm -hmm. that we got with Bill Cosby and what we're getting with With R. R. Kelly. You know what I'm saying? And it feels like, and I'm, like I said, once again, I, I'm not dismissing any accusations. I'm not dismissing anything that occurred and what those ladies said they went through. I'm not dismissing anybody's experience. But what I do feel like, like he said, it's just like at, for black people, we are the poster board. It is like, yeah, you, you see what happened to him? This can happen to you too, that kind of thing. But I am happy that they finally got to a point where they could hang him because for so many times, for so many years, no, seriously, you got the tape. You know, the tape that came out, um, you know, he was just constantly getting away with so many things, so many alleged things that was happening. And it's like nobody's going to do nothing because everybody supports R. Kelly. And all of a sudden, you know, now it's at a point of time where we're going to start taking these accusations a lot more serious and what was actually going on. I feel like he so, thought he couldn't be touched. I, exactly. And, and you know what? But here, this is the thing about that entire case that irritates me the most. Yes, we are holding R. Kelly at the higher standard because he is the celebrity, right? If he was just regular old Rob from Chicago, mm-hmm. he would be registered a sex offender, registered traffic, you know what I mean? And probably would have got 
15 to 20 years versus his full on 30 year sentence, right? But because he is the celebrity, yes, that's the poster board that, you know, that he was talking about. What I do have a problem with when it comes to that entire case, everybody should have been held accountable. Right. Everybody. The people who were signing different certificates or signing different signing off on certain things, I mean, um, having the forged signatures, all of that. Everybody should have got held accountable, including the parents. Because at the end of the day, that was straight up neglect. Especially if you can find a parent guilty and give them jail time for putting their child in a in different a school system because they wanted their child to have a better, better education. Patient. If you can give that parent 10 years, then you definitely can get a parent who put their child in the in hands of a molester way. or a rapist. Like you definitely can do that to that parent. The justice system be so, uh, you know. So and then everybody. Man, but is he the sole, <laughs> is he the only I'm, person sitting in jail right now? Yes, and, and the part that irritates <laughs> me, the part that irritates me the most too, was that if, I don't know if anyone's seen the documentary, I really couldn't get past the first episode, the first 15 minutes of the first episode, I just couldn't do it. Um, however, they tried to paint him out to be somebody that's not really intelligent. They tried to paint him out to be like he's not um, he's not the most he's not the sharpest tool in the toolbox, right? But how is it somebody that's not the sharp the sharpest person in the toolbox or not the brightest crayon in the box? How is he able to commit all of this? If how is that how is that the case? So we don't. I, I feel like um, a lot of questions weren't asked. Too. Like, you know what I mean? Certain things, it, it was just too many people that was behind it. And I feel like he's the one that's taking the full, the full fall. And I feel like everybody should have. This, I couldn't watch the whole documentary. It was very cringy. What I feel like, or what I gathered from it is, um, a lot of this was willful. It didn't seem like there was too much forcing because of people's love for celebrity status and the things that they had. Mm -hmm. I think he's more so guilty on age, but some of those scenarios sounded more so, and the, and the funny part is when I hear sex trafficking, what I've learned that, that sometimes means is actually pimping. So he might not have mm -hmm. been like trafficking them across states and you know, that sort of thing, mm -hmm. but like the effects of a pimp on a woman, but she can't go because he has a mental hold on her. And she can definitely walk out the door but the allure of the lifestyle, the talking, the this, and the glitz and glam is what's forcing them to stay there, so. And we, talk, we talked about, about domestic violence earlier. Like, this takes that, that domestic violence, you know, model that we were talking about earlier to a whole other level. Mm -hmm. Because this is borderline cult. Yeah. The yeah. way that he was controlling these women, his, you know, entourage, his syndicate. This is like a whole other level of psychological control that um, is, you know, more manipulative and even more, not overtly abusive, like in terms of violence, but definitely psychologically, emotionally, all those other factors. It looks like Pimpin and they were all his stable. That's what I was really putting it together. Like, wow, he is a pimp. He's not putting them out for money, but this is his stable of women who are providing for him, you know, emotionally. Okay, so let's talk about the role versus way since we have a, um, a, a female on our um, panel today. Um, so I'm sure everyone knows about the role versus way, you know, where pretty much it's illegal to have abortions. And I know um, a lot of women have been asked, like, you know, men pretty much, oh, what do you think about that? You know, and, just, and I guess I try to get an understanding of why, um, I mean, what's, what's so personal about it to, like, what's, what's, I guess, what is the, 
the overall issue of why are they so frantic about it, you know, about you this role versus... be able to tell a woman what she can and cannot do with her body, period. Nobody should be able to tell a woman what she can and cannot do. There is no repercussions. First of all, a woman can only bear a child, you know what I'm saying, like literally with a, within a year, right? So you have nine months and then you still have that six-week period or maybe the six-week or the rest of the year to even heal. Men can go around and just have babies. They can, you know, fertilize, okay? You know, y'all can just go out here and do what, what, what y'all gonna do. So that that isn't the king that isn't you know that's the whole the whole case to that now as far as roe versus wade because somebody had to correct me about it the overturning of roe versus wade just instead of saying that it is illegal or instead of saying that um any like it's just illegal to um tell a woman what she can and can't do with with um with the uh abortions my apologies it's per state now mm -hmm. So that's what it overturned, right? So it's at state level. So that's what really was overturned. So you are in a position where you have states that can just say, well, no, this is not, we're gonna abolish abolish abortions. Um, that's the overall thing. So personally, I, I, I'm just not here for it. You can't tell me what to do with my body. It's just too many, and, and I'm gonna just say it straight, it's too many older white and black men and mainly white men that are telling me what to do with my body that's, that's still me. in a time period right and things have changed like it's it's new day and age but another thing that really caused me to be frantic about this over this uh roe versus wade overturn if you are willing to rewrite history in such a way what else are you willing to overturn you know what i'm saying so it, it's a catch-22 because that goes to show that a lot of things that a lot of oppression that us black people have encountered, you know, a lot of oppression that LGBTQ have encountered, you know what I mean? It's, it, these things can really be overturned. They can literally be voted to be. And, it's, and especially, I'm glad you said that because uh, Justice Clarence Thomas actually said in his opinion that he wants to reconsider. Uh, Lexi versus should, Ferguson. Yeah, a lot of other cases. So mm -hmm. he's pretty much signaling that. Versus Virginia, because he's a, uh, in a, Oh yeah, he's in an interracial relationship. Interracial yeah, relationship. with with the with the white woman. But it's like the so, freedoms that we thought were just so, so free. So free. It's or, like well, wait. <laughs> or the one or the freedoms that we thought were so set in stone, it's like, well damn, okay, y'all do have the, the power to go back and rewrite some history. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it shows you that a lot of systematic oppression that is happening. It's purposeful. Mm -hmm. It's with clear intent. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And everything is done um, done strategically. And that's just the, the bottom line to it. And I feel like with this, the overturn, like I said, it's a catch-22 because it could be some good things that could happen where they can go back and rewrite some things like uh, Amendment 13, for instance, or abolish the Three Strikes Act. You know, those are things that we can go back and, and redo. But for me personally, just based on the society that we live in and the government that we have, I personally do see this getting worse. I think that, um, you know, there's a concerted effort um, on the part of conservatives in particular to roll back rights for certain people for um, regarding same sex marriage, regarding interracial marriage regarding, you know, um, other rights that we become accustomed to. And so I don't know if the solution is to remove the justices, to pack the court, or to legislate, you know, to pass laws that guarantee these rights. So I don't know, it's gonna be a long process, but I think um, it's important, you know, to stay informed and involved about these issues. The phrase, my body, my choice, what exactly is meant by that? 
coming from your perspective? Whatever I choose to do with my body is what I choose to do with my body. So if I choose to bear a child and or if I have conceive a child and I say, hey, you know what? This is not the right situation to birth this, bring this child into this world. Or if I'm having a situation where I'm I'm pregnant and I'm caught with some something happens where, you know, my baby is is in me dead or whatever and I can't bring it to a still I can't birth a stillborn and abortion is the next option for me I need to be able to make that decision if I have a situation where somebody rapes me and I'm you know and and I conceive I need to be able to make a decision to say you know I don't want to birth this child in the way that it was conceived it's just a decision you know what I'm saying that nobody should be able to make for me as a woman right now the reason why I'm asking that question um, I've had, I've heard and seen so many conversations where people are saying, "Hey, you know, Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Are you raw dogging or are you using protection?" Mm-hmm. And what I don't believe is a joke is their responses. Their responses are, "No, I'm, I, I love raw dogging. I'm the raw dog king. This is male and female both mm-hmm. speaking this way." So now that the option is off the table. How serious are people taking the responsibility of unprotected sex? Unpro- unprotected sex, and I agree with you on that on that standpoint because I saw some jokes too about yeah, people saying. going out trying to purchase Plan Bs and all this stuff. Now, what I don't condone, what I'm not here for, is for people to just have sex unprotected, just to be reckless with sex, and then you get pregnant because that's not what you wanted to do, and you had no responsibility in in that situation and that sexual encounter and now you're pregnant and now because you don't want to deal with the responsibility of being a mother or being a father you now want to just get an abortion right i don't i don't agree with that at all what i'm saying is though you shouldn't be able to take that right from somebody now i don't i personally don't agree with that because it's for for me any uh, this is this is me any woman that gets pregnant like gets pregnant from recklessly having sex, I believe you wanted to get pregnant. It is so many ways for women by ourselves. There's so many forms of birth control. So many forms. Epidor, you got the little thing that you can stick up your vagina. You have, you know, your you have all not epidor, so but it's a uh, depo, depo shot. Right. You have pills, you have so many forms to not uh, to not get pregnant. So to just run wild and get pregnant and then say, you know what, I don't want to deal with the consequence. No, I don't agree with that. Right. I don't agree with that aspect at all. But take them out, take that young lady out of the equation. You still have women who get pregnant and who whose baby dies in their stomach or something happens during that pregnancy. And the only way to get rid of that child is through an abortion or that woman's life is at stake. So one last topic I want to talk about. Um, Monique and Dio Hughley. It'll be real quick. It'll be real quick. Be oh, real so quick. we done with that conversation? Yeah, we are. We, we be done. We be done ahead pretty well. Okay. So yeah, I just want. I mean, we don't have to go too deep into it, but I mean, I know a, a lot of people had a lot to say about what Monique had to say as far as you know, giving her opinion about. I know Vivica A. Fox was saying some stuff on um, on the Wendy Williams show about, you know, it's... When? Because Wendy ain't been on... I'm sorry. She's having a show, though, even though she's not well, on the show. When? She's the new host of the show. Oh, yeah. Who? Vivica's on. She's on. Yeah, she's on. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I'm sorry. I'm going to go off. Wait, wait. So, when it comes to... When it... So, when it comes to the um, Monique situation, 
in actually every other situation with Monique, and I simply tell everybody, that's like my other mother, I call her my mo. Um, many who know me and what I do know, I play a large part in her weight loss process. So one thing I can say about Monique and knowing her and working with her is, she really don't knock on nobody's door. But when you knock on her door or when you poke a bear, she does not mind speaking her mind. And she's gonna say exactly how she feels. With the D.L. Hughley situation, and she said it, many people feel like she went too far when it came down to the children. And I have my own reservations about that because I understand how it can affect someone who experienced it to see it and go back through it. But her and D.L. Hughley situation has been brewing for a very, very long time. He has had his opinions, he said a lot of stuff. And no matter what, and she said it, when she hit that stage, she was finna light him up. So that, she's a comedian. She was going to do that. So with that situation, hey, I say, you can't step on somebody's toes and tell them how loud to roar. If you hit somebody, you can't be responsible how they respond. Like you may, you may smack me and I may black out and go all off on you, but you, like you poke me. Yeah. So everyone has their opinions. But like I said, when it comes to her, she don't bother nobody, but as soon as you come her way, now you can't tell her how hard to go, how to stop, how to do this, because now you have woken a beast, and now you're mad how she responded. So it's like, you know. But I do think with that situation, I'm speaking ignorantly. My mo, if you see this, it is what it is. Love you. Um, I do think a large part was on the promoters. I do think the promoters mm -hmm. was doing some shading stuff, and I think they thought when they get two heavy hitters, we give you both headlines, headline the title, but when y'all get here, y'all work it out who go first. Exactly. And I think they play with fire and they found out everybody don't get down. Everybody like that. don't work like that. I agree I agree with you on that. That was my thing. I felt like it was it was somebody playing both sides that kind of got out of hand. Period. You know, I I agree with you. You don't poke a bear or you don't you don't throw a punch and then dictate how somebody's supposed to respond to you. It just don't work like that. It it just doesn't work like that. Now do I feel like this was something that could have been handled um, behind closed doors. I really do. I understand, you know, Monique is a comedian. This is what she do. But to make it as big as it was when it ultimately boiled down to the promoters, y'all could have tore them promoters up on stage. But you know, it goes back to what you said earlier. Social media will take something and once it hits the net, it's booming. Like right. once it hits the internet, once that clip of her doing everything on stage came out mm -hmm. and he responded, it was like, okay, here we go. They gonna keep responding because ain't nobody gonna settle down. And finally he was like, you know what? Yeah, I feel like this is going too far. So I'm going to tap out. But it's like, you know, that's the thing about people. Like some people, I feel like we all handle things differently, mm -hmm. but you can't knock somebody the way they choose to handle it. Cause we were talking about it earlier with Kevin Samuels yeah. off camera. Off camera, I was just like, you know, that ain't really my approach to things. Right. So because of that, I don't really care for him. And you were like, well, he just let people know the way he feel like, and I feel like so that's how the world kind of goes. Right. Everybody's know? perception is different. And I do feel like, but I, I think it's the adult-like thing and what would have been more civil, right? If me and you came to, like me and you doing something together, we're hosting a show together. They had right. you as a headline, had me as a headline. Your paperwork say one thing, my paper say, work say another thing. Before I attack you, who booked us? Right. That's, you know what I'm saying? Wait, wait, and this is the thing. And then what I'm saying is who booked us to even get, get to that bottom line? But what I would have been able to do, we're on the same show, we're in the same same arena. I would have came to you like, oh, look, they got me for this. What right. you want to say? But watch this. We don't, we don't mess with each other. We got beef and unresolved issues Boom. because of what you've been saying on your television show, on your um, radio show, and I've just been letting it slide. 
I've been letting it slide. You've attacked my family. You attacked my husband. And you're doing interviews about me. And I'm not even on the lineup. So now I'm letting you know I'm not going to do it on a radio show. I'm not going to do it on my podcast. I'm going to wait until you're in the same building as me. And I'm going to do it in your face. The See, same that's way the you part do. I didn't know. So I didn't once know you, like, once you watch it, like, you can do interviews. One of her biggest things, and that's their situation. Y'all know I'm Dan Chappelle's. I've come to me about some weight loss. But one of her biggest issues was he did an interview. And they asked her, they, his people asked her a question, would you rather your husband sleep with a man or something like that or do this with this person? And she was like, whoa, what, I'm a married woman. What kind of question do you ask a married woman that about her husband? So she hit up DL like, hey, bro, like, what was this about? And he was like, all you had to do is answer the question. Like, it was a simple game. And she was like, when did we start disrespecting each other's families? That's number one. Number two, DL has been to her house and ate with her family. So at the moment when you come to my house and you eat with my people, we're at a different level. We're not at a level of somebody random says something to me. I fed you at my table. Like, this is my home. So anybody who offends you and you've been to my house, like, this is different. Like, you know me. Right. You know me. Like, so yeah, so. I get that. Sticky situation. I just give props to Monique. I don't know a lot about the whole situation, but for calling out, um, you know, sexism where she sees it and for saying that, you know, we need to treat women better. We need to, more specifically, we need to treat African-American women better. And I think that, our, you know, the, our culture and our society, we see this play out over and over again. And, and, we, and just going back to Roe versus Wade, you know, that decision hurts minority communities more than it hurts white people. We need to talk about that. You know, I mean, talk about these things. So, you know, I give props for Monique for, you know, I guess kind of raising awareness around sexism. And we can't keep getting mad at people. Then it's not even Monique. This is about black women specifically. Speaking of. When black women speak up, you it's like somehow, some way, it's like when black people are black people, but black women speak up, it's like they have to now give their whole resume mm -hmm. before you believe them. It's like you're kind of, before you even know anything, you're like, you're crying wolf. But why do we do that? Like, so why do we not stand yeah. behind them in the beginning versus coming behind them when all the facts come out and now it's like, my bad. So I should have believed you in the first place. Is that no. Like when they speak out, they're not doing it for their health. Like get behind them like they get behind us as a black community. Like they, be, like they get behind the LGBTQ community. I feel like black women always are die hard no matter what. And they fight for you. Like it's their own fight. Exactly. So it's like when it comes to them, give them and show them the same respect. It's only right. I think that it's funny when uh, someone attacks you, not understanding that that removes all the rules. So you may say whatever, and to me that may be no fair. Everything's off the table. And I have no limit to how far I'm gonna push it. There's no limits, especially like I don't know where y'all from, but I'm a Southern boy. So I've noticed like people from Chicago, people from New York, people from, and I'm talking just a regular card game. They get the yelling, they get the hitting the table. I'm like, these it's gonna fight. And they be like, no, that's just where I'm from. Like we, so it's like a difference in community cultures, people. So I just don't play with it. I'm like, you don't know how far people, are willing people to will go. take it. That's why you got people who will blow the horn at somebody and the next car will shoot them. It's like. I blew the horn because you was in the way, but road rage is real. Mm -hmm. You got people get upset just killing people, senseless death. So it's like, I just 
trying not to play with nobody. <laughs> well, that pretty much wraps up our edition of Point of View Uncensored. Again, my uh, wonderful guest, thank you for coming on with us. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're going to give y'all, you know, y'all Instagram. I'm going to say Kay Michelle. <laughs> 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 and it's Dwight, Dwight Hope Jr. on Instagram. Dan Chappelle's off everywhere else. All right, you can follow me at It's Kay Simone Simone with an A. That's I-T-S-K. Because she lit. She lit. I'm going to follow up right now. I got a session tomorrow. This was lit, y'all. It was. This was lit. I like this. This is awesome. This is awesome.